Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Mila Murder, movement director, songwriter, actress, mental health advocate, and creative mastermind. You may recognize her from traveling the world on tour with Diplo and Major Lazer in the films Gang and The Florida Project and Killing the Runway with Chromat. One of our all-time favorite projects of hers is her song and visual mother. And while she is a force within all of those aspects of her identity, she is also a mother. And we are so thrilled to be able to hear her share her story and journey today. So with that, Hello, and welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so <laughs> happy to be on the show. I'm so excited. Yes. Um, a lot of people call me Mila. It's actually Mela. Just, oh, just my gosh. If, Mela, if anyone, yes. If anyone, because if anyone's ever wondering, it's actually Mela. I mean, to each his own. No. Yeah, no. It's, we, <laughs> it's <no>. Mela. <laughs> and I should have asked you that from the beginning, so I'm trash. So nah, don't even, don't even worry about it. Just because, you know, like, when, yeah, just, you know, I just like to let people know it's yes, actually mellow. please do that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I appreciate you, you guys wanting to feature me, you know, and I'm, I'm just here. I'm just here to spread the love, spread the awareness, and uplift, uplift yes. the community, you know, that's what it's all about. Yes. And for all of y'all listening, I just want you to know I'm fangirling real hard. Um, <laughs> if you have not seen Mother, please check it out. I don't even, I'm not a voguer, but I was so inspired. Like, let me be in my bathroom trying to figure this out <laughs> while I was pregnant with my son. <laughs> oh my God, yes. That's the whole point. Like, for me, art is, that's why I love art. Because it really does... For, and because it's done this for me, people will watch art, hear art, see art in whatever forms. And if it resonates with them, it inspires them to do expressive, creative things. So if I can inspire literally just even one person through anything that I do, then that's a win. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate that. Yes. I'm really, oh. really, really loving that. I'm linking that so we all can be out here trying to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, you, you spoke a little bit to it, but about yourself and your family. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so my name is Melanie Sierra, and my grandfather actually nicknamed me Mela growing up. Which is so, which is why I like take my name like kind of super personal and serious to me because he's yeah. he's my everything. So yeah, my grandfather and you know growing up, I was always kind of the odd one out in my family. I never really felt, um, I don't know. I just never really felt like I had a true place in my family where I felt understood and I felt accepted and embraced. Um, so that was really weird to kind of navigate as a child, feeling different, but not understanding how and why. Um, when I was 11 years old, my father passed away, um, randomly and he wasn't even my biological father. He was my youngest sister who's three years younger than me. Um, he was her biological father, but he stepped in when I was, when me and my sister were I think two, one, one and a half, two, and he, he took on that role. So 
that was that was you know that was deep growing up he was really physically abusive to my mom and that confused me my views on what what love was and how love was expressed and what was tolerated in relationships was really confusing for me growing up because I love my father but I feared him I really deeply feared him so yeah again trying to navigate the emotions of that was really hard for me growing up and when he when he died um I kind of not kind of I completely spiraled I was 11 it was a couple of weeks after um the World Trade Center tragedy Mm -hmm. um you know so it was just a lot going on in my life at that time um a lot of feelings and emotions that I didn't understand that I just expressed with rage you know I was really angry I was really explosive I was out of control I spiraled you know I like started disrespecting my mom OD I was out of control she couldn't she didn't know how to help me Mm. so I had I had a therapist I had a psychiatrist I was on medication I was diagnosed and I was diagnosed with antidepressants I was uh what I was diagnosed as like a um ADHD and an emotionally disturbed person depressed all this so um, I actually was admitted into a mental institution at 11. And that was when I discovered that I was, I guess, a creative and artistic person because the other kids in the institution kind of helped me realize that, you yeah. know, I, I didn't have, I didn't know how to, um, I don't know. I just talking to psychiatrists never made me feel good. It only ever pissed me off. I, I always felt like, you don't know me. You're like some white guy from a privileged background. Mm-hmm. You don't understand the the things that I have gone through. What it's like for to be a young like Boricua child, preteen, growing up in the projects with with a single mother whose her father just died, and I'm you know like you don't know you don't know yeah. how to <laughs> connect with with what I what I'm going through right now. So yeah. I'm not hearing it, and I you know and I and I resisted. I was always resisting and just never allowed any. I never allowed things to be received until I met kids who were going through what I was going through. And, you know, and I was able to, for once, finally be able to sit back and observe what helped troubled kids. And it was art. It was writing. It was dancing. So, yeah, actually, it was in a mental institution where I realized, like, okay, um, I'm a creative person and I actually need creative outlets. Yeah. So that was kind of that was a transformative time for me that kind of shaped the rest of my life realizing that and um you know i've just i've been very fortunate on my journey to uh, be open enough and fearless enough to to take take risks that a lot of my family didn't take and i didn't really have that example growing up you know like take risk and you know yeah. just go for it and I didn't have that, but my spirit was always like, well, this is what you have to do. Cause if not, you're going to go crazy. Yeah. And yeah, my life, my life just, you know, thank, thank the most high, thank the universe that everything kind of worked out. Cause you know, I was, I was shook. I was scared. I'm like, what is my life? I mean, cause I got progressively worse as a teenager. Cause then I, it was like drugs and alcohol and you know, I'm like hanging out in, you know, union. I'm just being, I'm, I'm like a loser. A reckless teenager with absolutely no guidance, absolutely 
you know, no drive, no ambition, no plan, you know, and here the American dream, you have to have it all figured out by the time you're 18 years old. And I didn't have a clue, (laughs) you know, so luckily, I don't know, luckily everything worked out for me. Blessings, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And yeah, (laughs) things really, really worked out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I feel like my, my past and being, you know, a troubled quote unquote young person really, I mean, was just like the fire that, you know, lit my soul to push me forward and just, you know, get the things that I wanted in life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you talking about your experience and specifically with like therapists of, makes me just think about like why representation is so important in all mm-hmm. aspects of the type of care that people get, because it is hard to relate to someone when you're like, you have no idea what today feels like. Right. You just don't. You have, you, you have never been in this body or in this, this experience to be able to try and give me some advice that makes sense. So absolutely absolutely and um i feel like it's important for me to share to share that especially with young people today because we okay so mental health right now is be is not becoming it's always been a thing it's Mm -hmm. it's just becoming more there's more light being shined on it right now because of social media and just you know what the resources that we have but you know um people young people think that once they start getting help or receiving help that it everything's supposed to be cured or fixed right they're they're supposed to have this aha moment like okay i'm cured right and if you're not feeling that way it's not you like don't think that it's you don't think that you're some broken thing that can't be fixed no you're just not getting the pro the 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 help that you need specifically for you to feel a sense of a sense of peace of mind or a sense of understanding of yourself. You know, it's really, really, really hard for young people nowadays to just, just accept or to navigate or to just take the time to reflect because we're living in a time right now, so fast paced. And if, again, if you don't have it figured out, then, you know, society deems you a piece of shit or you're a loser or you're this or you're that, or, you know, and it's, and it sucks. And I feel, and I feel for young people, and I think about my own kids and I'm like I never want Saidi to push them out because they're not catching up on time right it, that's bullshit and I I don't fuck with that and I feel like if you know if, if um, certain resources aren't made easy for young people in you know our communities close and far like we need to be responsible we need to be carrying that we need to be you know and it's simple mm-hmm. it's just speaking your stories is speaking your experiences it's it's actively talking and you know even if you're out like you're if you're on the train or you're in the supermarket and you hear you know you overhear something like taking the initiative to go and speak right then and there and not letting letting that pass and you know having that guilt later on like damn i should have said something or i should have done something you know like i want to inspire all people to take the initiative to speak in the now and live in the now so that we don't have regrets or guilt or you know think about the what if you know it's that we have too many moments like that oh what if i would have said that what if i would have done that you won't have those what if moments if you're just you know taking the initiative 
we need more initiative. Right. Right. And I think understanding, like we have all we need to take care of our community. Absolutely. <laughs> like we're the, we're the holders of those answers and really finding power in ourselves and not needing to look so much outward. Mm -hmm. right. That's also a conditioning though. Right. It's this idea that, you know, cause when we're growing up in school, it's like, uh, ask your teacher for every damn thing and what and, you know you can't challenge your teachers you can't challenge your elders you can't be a you know a colorful thinker so we're conditioned don't question don't think outside the box don't challenge so we grow up really questioning our own worth and our own place in society yep. you know in school we have to instill that confidence in children we have to encourage them think outside the box okay what what are do, do do okay kids do you guys have opposing opinions right thoughts i want right. to hear your thoughts you know like what can we do how can we you know you know it's just conversation yeah. it's creating di dialogue with young people starting at you know pre-k when they first right. get into school and, and encouraging that encouraging them to be thinkers and speakers and encouraging confidence Right. You know what I mean? Where kids are walking around here so lost and so afraid. Ah. Right. Hi. <laughs> Hi uh, y'all know James is here too, y'all. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Hey. <laughs> I love it. Oh, like, you take him off mute. He's like, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Think about our listeners and everybody that's out there. Um, if they were to close their eyes, what is the picture of your like your family unit now? Like your children? Was your family? Who are they? Wow, I love that. Um, I've never ever been asked that. Um, my family. Okay, I when I close my eyes <laughs> and I think of my family. Um, I mean, I, I guess I think of, not I guess, I know, I, I see me, I see me, I am, I am the chief, <laughs> I am just, I am, yeah, I'm the chief, it's just, it's me, it's me holding, it's hold, I'm holding it down, like, it's, it's me, and it's amethyst, and it's manifest love, and I mean, it's a lot of feminine energy, and it's a lot of emotion, and it's a lot of, um, I mean, when I think about the emotion of my family and I think of the spirit of my family, it's raw. It's very, very raw. And it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of learning uh, and us figuring each other out. And um, when I think of Kaner, their dad, I feel like he's just a feature. Like he's a feature of my family, my tribe, you know, and like he comes in and out of it. And that's something that I used to struggle with. Um, sometimes I, I still do when I allow myself to be vulnerable when thinking about him and it's only natural. And I, and I, I even have to remind myself to, it's okay to feel and it's okay to express, you know, whatever emotion, whatever emotions that he stirs up within me instead of suppressing them. But I mean, I look at I look at my kids and I'm and I think you know he is a part of my family he is my family he's a part of the dynamic because without him there would be no no them you know no amethyst yeah. I mean am I it is just me it's just me and it's just my girls and 
you know, like I said, I have features. <laughs> I have Kaner, he's a feature. His family, they feature. They make their features. My family, they make their features. But ultimately, it's just us. <laughs> it's the yeah. three of us. It's the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. The Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I yeah. love it. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm like, wow, I would not want it any other way. You know, when I'm right. laying in bed with my girls and we're just all vibing and we're having a moment, I'm like, damn, this is, oh, this is everything. I'm, I feel so empowered. And then other times, um, you know, I do, I, I wish I had him more around and I just wish I had more of that emotional support mm-hmm. because, you know, we all, we all just need a friend. Right. We all just need a friend right. sometimes, you know, like uh, the, the person that helps create these little babies and we just want their i don't know their shoulder to lean on right. sometimes i guess we don't okay. we don't need it and i feel and i and that's that's something that i always <laughs> have to make clear i always have to clarify that i don't need him i don't need for for shit <laughs> um but myself <laughs> and my girls but i just want that sometimes you know what i mean right, right. so yeah that's that's right. my dynamic got it got it yeah so, um, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy and which one you want okay. to talk I kind of want to talk, not kind of, oh, I need to stop using these words. <laughs> I need to be more sure of what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> um, I definitely want to speak about both because I feel, um, whoever is listening to this when they do and you know it it, well whoever receives this it's because it's meant for them you know specifically and um i want i want to shine light on both because i feel like it's just very important and it's very relevant and significant um to share um with my first pregnancy with amethyst i i did not have a clue and i thought i did you know i went into my pregnancy um feeling well when I first found out I was pregnant I felt (laughs) fucking terrible (laughs) and I and I honestly didn't want to go through with my pregnancy because I had just reached a point in my life where I felt like I was finding my finding myself creatively and at the time I just didn't feel willing to sacrifice that which which sounds so selfish now but this is 100 percent how i felt in that moment and it was actually kaner who he's like listen here you're, you're gonna have this your baby because you this is what's happening like you're not having an abortion and i really appreciate him now for pushing me he was really firm with me mm-hmm. and whereas my my family they would have no hesitation been like well girl if you want to have an abortion then i'll make the appointment for you like no hesitation and um and caner was very firm and no this is what we're doing this is our this is our situation and we're taking we're taking you know charge of this our way Mm -hmm. and i never felt confident enough to ever do that because growing up pregnancy was always something frowned upon it was never a happy thing it was always a horrible thing like you're a woman you are no longer a person you are no longer an artist you are no longer anything you are just a mother and you have to sacrifice all of you Mm. for your children and if you don't uh you're shit (laughs) like it was just horrible 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 like my whole life 
pregnancy and motherhood was deemed horrible. Yeah. So I was like, nah, like I don't want to sacrifice my life. You know, I don't want to not be beautiful. I don't want to not be desirable. I don't want to not be a fucking boss. I don't want to not make money. I don't want to not work. I don't want to not travel. And I thought if I became a mother, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I genuinely wholeheartedly believed that it was over. I was yeah. over. And, you know, and I was so afraid. So I made the decision finally. I was like, okay, I'm going through with this, but do I feel happy? Hell no. But okay, let's do this. Like, we're, 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 we're going to do this. And um, I didn't want to come out with it. I wanted to keep it a secret for as long as I can. And then, and then three months into my pregnancy, Kaner cheated on me. Mm. And there was something about that situation where I felt so broken, I felt so defeated, I felt so shattered, I felt absolutely disrespected, I felt destroyed. And the, the rock bottom that I hit with, with, with that propelled me forward. And mm -hmm. I, I hit such a low that, I mean, I cut my wrist. I was pregnant, I was three months fucking pregnant and I cut my wrist and I was and I was looking at myself and my stepfather was there and he like literally manhandled me and he picked me up and he and he was like yo like what are you doing you know and I thought what am I doing what am I doing like his this boy's actions does, does not define who I am and my worth and me as a mother and you know the decisions that i decide to make after this you know because initially i was like well i'm gonna get an abortion and i'm gonna kill myself and i'm gonna do this because if he did this to me then we're not worthy of anything you know we're just not worthy because why would he do this it was so sudden you know what why would he do this to us and then i just had a shift and i would you know i was able to kind of have an outer body experience and look at myself and think about the actual life growing inside of me and i felt empowered and i felt fierce and i felt protective of myself and my child and i felt fueled like just this fuel and i'm like no okay no i'm this is no no okay i'm 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 owning this I'm owning this. I'm I'm claiming it and I'm going to stand my ground in this and I'm I'm going to be a mother and I don't want to be a weak mother. And I and I have to set the example. Whether I have a girl or a boy, I'm a mother. I'm a figure. I'm I'm sacred and I want to embody that and then I want to project that into my children's life. And yes. that's when I came out with my with my pregnancy and what I thought would you know what I had expected in my head to be this kind of fucking diabolical end it was just this profound beginning and it was so beautiful and i've and i've never felt more just loved and uplifted and celebrated and honored by my community you know like by the industry that i'm in by my friends by my family because i was really really like I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into this motherhood energy and it's really making yeah. me feel fab. Like there's no other way for me to, I just felt so, <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. I felt, you know what I mean? And I'm like, why, why was I so afraid to feel all these beautiful things? So I was so, okay. So I was kind of on a hype of that. I was riding like this beautiful empowered high and just acceptance and just embracing my womanhood and, you know, my body going through all these changes that I didn't really, um, I didn't really educate myself on the rights of, you know, my labor rights and, you know, what it meant to have rights as a woman giving birth in a hospital setting. Um, 
even though I didn't want to have a hospital birth, I actually, I was, I, I had a midwife, a couple of midwives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this whole water birth and a, and a birthing center planned out. And then my, my, my water broke on my due date with Amethyst, which was February 8th while I was sleeping. So I didn't even feel it. I just woke up like three o'clock in the morning and there was kind of a red brownish tinge like weird on the bed you know and I never saw with all my weird research that I've done I'd never seen anything like that so immediately I called my mom and I'm like look there's some shit on this bed right now and I don't know you know it's just looking (laughs) mad weird and she's like you need to go to the hospital (laughs) you know like you need to go to the hospital so we go to the hospital me and Kaner when I say we um and he he's like he's driving in my car to the hospital I'm like cursing him out I don't know what like I'm just always going crazy on him so yeah so he yeah so he drove me to the hospital it's confirmed my water broke but there was meconium in my fluid Mm -hmm. so um I didn't know that I never even heard about that so I'm learning all these things and I'm like okay well okay that's all cool and great but I need to go to the birthing center and I need to go be with my midwife and they're like look listen that's not how it works you have meconium so that means you only have 24 hours to get the baby out or else you're going to be at high risk for infection so we have to give you Pitocin. We have to induce your labor. You ha- we have to get this show going. And I'm like freaking out. Yeah. My mom finally gets to the hospital and she's like, you, you have to think about what's safe for you and the baby. Because my mind was set. I was like, no, I'm going to Brooklyn. Because I live in Staten Island. I was at a hospital in Staten Island. and my, The birthing center was in Brooklyn. So my mom was like, you're not going nowhere. So finally, whatever, I accepted it. And now I'm in the hospital and I'm laboring, you know, I'm doing the do, it's painful. It's kind of crazy. Um, I'm, I'm doing natural for 12 hours. And then they come and they, the doctors, well, the nurses come and they check me and I was only dilated one centimeter. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I only had a short, a short window to get this baby out natural and it didn't see it wasn't happening on my own. So I had to get the epidural and they had to pump up that Pitocin and, she was out in a neck and 20 I was in labor for 21 hours but mm-hmm. you know they 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 cut me they gave me an episiotomy without like they never asked me they just cut me um and I didn't even know like I didn't even know that they weren't allowed to do that I had no yeah. idea that they're supposed to ask me for my consent I had no all these things were happening and I had no idea that they were violating my rights you know and mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was pregnant with Manifest and the way I went about my pregnancy with Manifest being so secretive that I really started educating myself and whoa I was having all these real realizations like damn my rights were hella violated so no like it's not happening it's not happening this time around so um with Manifest basically so um yeah, my, my recovery with Amethyst, like, took a lot longer than my recovery with Manifest. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I, I'm, like, I'm, like, infu- I'm, like, fusing both of them in, and I don't okay. want to. Um, so with, <laughs> with, <laughs> but that's with often the beauty with, of how the stories flow. Right. Like, yeah. They yeah, do yeah, start yeah. to fuse and mix, and you start to remember, well, this was with this, and that was that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I'm so proud of both experiences, but they were both so 
different, crazy, crazy different. My mom and Kanner were there when Amethyst was born, and I was pretty much by myself when I gave birth to Manifest. Mm. I almost gave birth to her in my living room by myself. It was so crazy. Um, so, yeah, when I found out I was pregnant with Manifest, I was in L.A., and me and Kanner, we weren't together, but... Um, in February that year. So February 2018, I was in London working on some shows with Richard Russell. Um, you know, I, we, I wrote some songs for his album and we were, you know, we were just doing some creative shit for the album in London. And me and Kaner were messing around when we shouldn't have been, but whatever, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Right. And, you know, so, um, yeah, so a crazy situation happened in London with me and with me and Kaner. Fucking crazy, and I stopped talking to him. So I didn't have any communication with him at all. So when I found out I was pregnant, so okay, so I was in London, then I was in Rome, then I was back in New York to Puerto Rico, and then in LA. So in LA is when I found out I was pregnant with Manifest, and again I was by myself. And I kept it a secret. I just didn't want to tell anybody. I mean, it was the first time that I found out I was pregnant that I felt joy. Mm -hmm. I felt instant happiness. And I felt, okay, without a doubt, I'm having this baby. And I don't have to go through anybody to get their opinions on what they think or how do they feel about it. I didn't care. Yeah. I'm like, this is, I'm pregnant. I'm happy, my baby, my choice, it's happening, it's going down. So that was in March. And I told Kaner finally around like June. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and he was, he, was, uh, he, was, he was supportive and he flew me and Amy out to London where I spent the majority of my pregnancy. And then around seven months, I flew back home and I told my family like you know hey I'm pregnant yeah. <laughs> hey <laughs> and it, and it, yeah like Back full away. on like third trimester I'm pregnant right and um yeah I mean it took my family completely off guard by they were just like what the fuck and my mom even my mom was like you know like why didn't you tell me we could have handled it and I'm like mom that's exactly why I didn't tell you because I didn't want to hear that. And I don't right. want to hear that now. Right. You know, so, um, so yeah. So that was confirmation. I was so happy that I kept it a secret after that point. I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy. I didn't have to deal with that shit. Like yeah. outside judgment and opinions. I mean, you know, and, and I, and I understand where it comes from, you know, my, your family, they're going to worry about you. Well, can you manage, but you're already a single mom and you and Kane are already don't have a good relationship, but none of that mattered to me because it wasn't about all of that mm -hmm. you know it was about how I felt about this life that was coming forward and right. that's everything else it was boom like that old ocean but that feeling and my certainty on that and knowing that she had purpose period so um so yeah, I was when I once I got back home, I was doing so much research, and I had to finally, you know, kind of tap back into reality because I hadn't gone to any doctor's appointments. I didn't take a prenatal, 
you know, I was like keeping it real, like indigenous. <laughs> I'm like, my, my ancestors weren't going to, you know, like, right, right. my ancestors were in. not in Puerto Rico, like, you know, going to the clinic yes. and they were not taking prenatal. So I'm not. Right. <laughs> like, you tapped all not. the way in. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I really did. It was different. It was so different. Yeah. I just didn't want to. And I, you know, and I, so I didn't, I was just following my soul and mm. spirit. I was following spirit and spirit was guiding me to, you know, go about it in these, in the, in the, in the way that I did. So I did. Um, so finally, once I got back though, cause it was, I was a lot sicker with manifest than I was with amethyst. And that was alarming for me. I mean, I puked a lot more. I had a lot less energy. Um, my sciatica nerve flared up, which never happened to me before. So it was different. So I'm like, okay, mm. I need to kind of I need to see what's going on. And so once I started, so I didn't have a normal gynecologist or anything like that. So I was just going to the clinic and the hospital and Mm -hmm. it was, I'm sorry. It was ratchet. It was Mm -hmm. ratchet. It was so like the way they handled, not, not the patients, the, Mm -hmm. the doctors and the nurses, they were just ratchet. Like, damn, you guys don't have any respect. Like, where's your training? At what point does your training take place? And how are you guys being trained? Because you're not asking me for my consent for Mm -hmm. anything. I would walk into an appointment and there'd be two, three, four, five student student um, physicians. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want, like my vagina all bared out. You got this two random guys here. Jen asked me, like, who the fuck are you? Right. Who are you? Who are you? Like, why are you guys here? <laughs> right. Who are you? Know you? What I'm like, who are you? Get out. And I was very, and I was giving very that. Like, get yeah. out. Get yeah. out. Like, mm-hmm. I would pull it up. Like, I printed my rights. Like, you ha- I have right. the right. You, know, to, you, have, you need to ask me for my consent. Exactly. So I didn't consent this. Get out. Right. That's and right. a lot of them were like, some some because every every time I had an appointment it was someone different and I'm like this is so uncomfortable for me because I want to come the day of I want to be able to have established some sort of trusting connection with somebody who is going to be assisting you know the birth of my child this is so deep and you guys I don't feel like you see me as a human I feel like you see me as a number and it's making me stressed and when right. I'm stressed, I mean, like my lower vibrational self is going to, is going to meet you on your level of like ratchetness. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I feel right now. Yeah. Um, it was just crazy. And every single time I went back to the clinic, I mean, they just didn't care. They just didn't care. It was always, a, it was always a different student physician. I mean, so, I mean, I, I was just, I was just, at that point it was just above me. And I was over it. And I just, you know, I just felt like, okay, we're going to see how we're going to see this energy that you guys are giving come the day of because I'm the way I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling triggered. Mm -hmm. So, um, so whatever. So, okay. So it's the day of the day that I, no, 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 no. I don't want to confuse it with man with amethyst. No, my, I was a week overdue. Okay. So I couldn't walk skip sorry I'm, I'm skipping apart so a week prior to me and exactly one week prior to me giving birth to manifest i met my doula for the first time one time because okay. i felt compelled to reach out for a doula 
and it, it kind of just happened effortlessly and I was and I was like okay cool so she actually came to Staten Island came with me to the hospital and it was she was beautiful and she had a great vibe and I'm so grateful for her so I met her exactly one week prior to giving birth so I I went to the doctor because I I was in a lot of physical pain. I couldn't walk. I was in my back was hurting. You know, it was just it yeah. was hard. It was rough for me because um, I you know I was taking care of Amy by myself this whole time, um, and I was just like I can't do this. I need to know what's going on. So I go to the doctor. I go to maternity, and they're like, you know, yeah, your sciatica nerve is flared up, but you know it's fine. You're dilated one centimeter. We'll see you on Monday. This was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, all right. Um, but I was feeling contractions. I was like, I was like, I, I know I'm contracting. Something's definitely up. But they're like, you look, you're not dilated enough. So it's, you know, just we'll see you on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. I go home and my whole family is in my apartment. Um, something told me to have them, um, like, take amethyst. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just take her. Like, just take her, please, for the night. I'm like, really... I'm contracting right now and I just, I can't even, I'm, I can't even fathom the thought of taking care of her while I'm feeling this right now. I just, right. I can't do it. Right. So, um, so they did and I'm home alone in my apartment and I don't know, I'm like, I'm like fucking burning candles and I have my diffuser going, I'm turning on the lights and mm-hmm. I, I'm in labor. Yeah. <laughs> and all I know <laughs> is that I am in I'm in full on labor, like yep. by myself in my mm-hmm. apartment. And um, I called my doula and I'm like, yo, I think I'm, I think I'm like, I think this is like happening. I think I'm in actual labor. Yeah. And she's, and I think she was telling me about like the three, one, one, five, one, one, like to keep time, time, my contractions to, so that, you know, we can have more of an idea But, um, I mean, my contractions were all over the place. My contractions were like five, one, 10. You know, I just couldn't keep tabs. So, um, I I don't know. I, I, they were confusing me basically. My, my, my contractions were all over the place. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So then it, so the pain was just getting, I mean, I, I, I felt sick. It was, I was crying. I was, I mean, it, it was, I got home around four o'clock. I called my doula and I'm like, yo, like I need, I need you. Like, I need you here. Can you please get yeah. here? Like, I, I don't want to go through this by myself. So yeah. she took an Uber from East New York, Brooklyn to Staten Island. And, um, she was, she, she was just there with me. And, you know, I mean, it was getting progressively, progressively more intense. I mean, I was getting angry. I was throwing shit. I was like <laughs> screaming on the top of my lungs. That mm-hmm. was around <laughs> That was around 2.30 in the morning. I was around 2.30 in the morning at around 4. To get to epidural. So I called my mom at four o'clock in the morning and I'm like, look, I, I, I was like in tears crying. I'm like, I, I can't do this. Like I'm going to the hospital. I want the epidural, um, you know, and then my mom, <laughs> mom, if you hear this right now, like I'm not trying to, you know, mom, I'm not trying to like, you know, make you feel bad, <laughs> but damn, you were pissing me off that day, bro. You were pissing me off that day. She kept asking me like, she kept asking me like, what do you want me to do? And like, when a woman is in labor, like, Don't do not that. ask her that. Don't ask a woman what, so what do you want me to do? You need to know what you're doing and tell her, <laughs> tell her, yo, I'm doing this. 
So just so that you know, because we don't want right. to, we cannot, we cannot think of anything else. Like we cannot think, we can't, we don't want to think and in that time, in that moment, in right. that pain, we just want to be, we just, <laughs> yeah. So my mom kept fucking asking me that. It was so annoying. And so she asked me that again, like at four o'clock in the morning, well, as I'm crying about an epidural, she's like, so what do you want me to do? And I'm like, oh, oh, She's like, all right, all right, I'm getting up, I'm getting up, I'm gonna meet you at the hospital. My sister was living next door. Oh my god, Jasmine. My I'm spilling all the tea right now, basically. <laughs> so my sister, my sister literally lived like I'm not kidding, like a foot away from me. Like my door is here and her door is there. And I called her and I'm like, yo, Jazz, like I need to go to the hospital, like I'm in labor. And I think she was drunk and she told me all right so you can't take an uber like literally <laughs> that's your best bet right now. right exactly <laughs> i can't help you can you call I it gagged. uber <laughs> bitch i gagged i gagged i gagged i was like what Where i just hung people? up i just hung up i just hung up i was like you bitch <laughs> I, had, I, I called an uber i called an uber i called my own uber to the hospital the uber came and i'm in the uber like legs like screaming like i'm telling you my leg was like up my leg was up and i'm i'm screaming I'm like, he's like stopping at red lights. And I'm like, go, go, like go. And he was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, are you okay? Should we call the ambulance? And I'm like, just go. Right. So when we get to the hospital, like at this point, I couldn't, I really felt like I couldn't walk. It was like out of a movie. Like, you know, when the, when these women go, are, are screaming, I was that woman. <laughs> and my doula, I felt like she was like scared. She was like straight up scared. She was like, I don't know what's going on. Zero to one hundred. So, like, this is our second they, time meeting. Yeah, right. right. Like, I don't know her. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like that. Exactly. She was like, we just met. We just met. I'm scared. Oh my god. So they rush me. They rush me to maternity, and the same woman who sent me home checked me, and I'm like, you. So I'm looking at her and she's like, oh my God, you're eight centimeters dilated. Like, let's go. Like, and, and, and my doula was like, I think she was so shocked. Like she couldn't believe it because we were both like, yo, the, the, the timing of the contractions, like we really don't know. I mean, mm, you know, you could yeah. be, you can't be, we don't right. know. So I think she was really taken back. She was like, oh my God, like, girl, you're like, you're about to have this baby. So I was still in triage. Literally, and I was still screaming for the epidural, and I just felt like my back, like it, my back. I was just because what Amy, I never felt that. I only st dilated to one centimeter. Mm. I didn't know what two centimeters felt like because I had the epidural. So I'm like eight centimeters. I'm like, oh my god, I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling. This is so crazy. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm getting this epidural. I'm not having this baby <laughs> like this, like hundred percent. So they rushed me into a room and yo, the, these next events that I'm about to share with you, they're going to sound made up, but I, I, on my life, this is all real. Like on my life, this is really the next steps that happen. Right. So they 
they rush me literally they're like running me into a room they put me in a room and i'm standing i'm standing and i'm holding on to the pole that holds the drip and Mm -hmm. i'm just screaming 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 and i felt just this pressure in my back i don't i'm just feeling something in my back that i never felt before and i'm just screaming i'm just screaming 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 i'm like my i'm like oh my god i think like oh she's coming this is like 10 minutes after being in the hospital i wasn't Mm -hmm. even i was like i said they were asking me what's your name like as this is happening yeah so all i know is that 10 doctors storm into the room from me standing in, in like a squat position, I somehow ended up on my back, hanging off of the bottom of the bed. So I'm hanging, I'm off now, hanging up, holding me down, and I'm biting, like, like I'm like going fucking crazy. <laughs> They're yelling at me. I have people yelling at me, stop screaming, stop screaming. They're literally yelling at me to stop screaming. And I, I'm just going crazy. Next, next thing I know, and I see a woman pass a doctor a pair of scissors so they're literally about to cut me like they're about to cut me and with all i'm so afraid i'm so scared i'm in so much pain that i can't even believe what i'm seeing and the idea of me having to endure more pain on top of the pain that i'm feeling Mm -hmm. all i know is that i had i I had those scissors in my hands. I don't know. Like, I grabbed those scissors. I had, like, five sets of fingers in my vagina, like, like spreading my vagina apart. And I'm just cursing and punching and kicking. I'm like, get the fuck off of me. Get the fuck off of me. Like, psycho. <laughs> like, psycho. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I felt violated. I felt yeah. scared. I felt like... Uh, there were so many things happening in my mind. I'm like, you guys were about to like straight up cut me. You, I don't know who any of you are. Yeah. Like, this is so crazy. I'm, I'm being, I'm being like, you guys are yelling at me to stop screaming. It's just, there's just so much going on right now. Like, I don't even know. Like, I just can't, I can't. And my doula is like frozen. Like, she's just like frozen. Like she, I think she was so terrified. Cause I was going, I was losing it. Um, and so I look, so she, this woman pushes me up. I have the pair, I have a pair of these scissors in my hand and I see, like, I see manifest coming out and she's in her amniotic sac. Like, it's like my like sac was coming out with her and they had to, they had to break the sac because her shoulder was um, stuck underneath my pelvic bone. Mm-hmm. So they're like trying to like get her out. It was just so painful what they were doing i had i just i couldn't understand like what like how is this hurting even more like Mm -hmm. i thought like it couldn't get worse and it's just getting worse and so she gets she gets out i'm like push i'm screaming like i've never screamed before finally she comes out and i told them do not cut the umbilical cord and they just cut that shit they didn't even care they just were over me and i I didn't I couldn't even grab my baby I wanted to grab her right so I'm like going to grab her lift her and this white man just grabs my baby out of my hands and I'm like yo I I just couldn't I was so over it at that point 
And I'm yeah. like, give me my baby. And he tells me, you're not, I'm not giving you your baby. No, you're not getting your baby. Like, I swear to you that this happened. <laughs> he literally mm. told me, you wow. are not getting your baby. And I was just, I was just in utter and complete shock. And I just started cursing him out. And then he literally, like, he did this with my baby to me. He went like this to manifest to me, like this. Like, he like, uh to her, like with her body her little newborn wow. body like this to, to with her to me i just <sighs> couldn't believe it and i just felt like they were so over me they didn't mm. they didn't wrap her up so she was bare like in that cold room her temperature dropped they had to rush her into the light and like get her body temperature to get you know to br- yeah. bring up her body temperature i i almost passed out at that i literally like i thought i was gonna and this whole time i'm like by my my mom comes i think like a half an hour after i gave birth yeah and it was just so crazy it was just i mean whoa like even thinking back on it now it's just so crazy that i went through that totally by myself i mean you know my doula was there but she was a perfect stranger to me <laughs> right and um you know it was just it was just crazy i mean even taking care of her those couple of days you know when you're in the hospital everything by myself it was just so it was just so weird so it was it was weird for me it was weird yeah. for me i mean i felt so strong i felt like wow i really did this like i did what i always wanted to do but never thought i had the courage to do mm. i did it but I don't know. I, I, I really wanted to be surrounded by my family and by love. And, you know, and I wasn't. And, it, and that was hard for me. And then, you know, so you're, I'm in the hospital trying to, you know, like, gather and process what the F just happened. Right. And the next thing I know, I'm, like, home in my apartment, like, with both my babies by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was, that was so crazy, like the whole postpartum single mom of two by myself in my apartment, not speak. Me and Kana weren't on speaking terms at that point either. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was really, really, really hard. I mean, I'm proud of myself and me and manifest have a very special connection. And <clears throat> I feel like it's because of how she was brought into this earth. You know, she felt just my energy and my fight for her mm-hmm. and how I just wasn't with any of the bull crap. I like at all, you know, and I was, and I was strong for her, you know what I mean? And even, even though we, we didn't have the, not the audience, but you know what I mean? Like we didn't have that, that sense of tribe to bring Mm -hmm. her in. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I was all of that for her. I just me alone. And I Mm -hmm. felt like all of the energy and the essence of what my pregnancy was like hiding her because I didn't want to deal with outside opinions, all of that all of the strength of me having to push myself to be strong enough to do that really gave me the strength to go through my, my, my labor. Like it, right. it carried me through my labor and she came out so strong and just, you know, it, it just all felt very divine and very meant to be very cosmic and just powerful and beautiful. And, you know, it, it really put into perspective it really confirmed how strong I am, yeah. you know, and, Absolutely. and, and whenever I had moments of doubt, I just remind myself of that experience and think, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm really strong. Right. So, 
so yeah so that was that was really that was a really wild experience and then you know like i said i was by myself for months i mean kaner their dad didn't meet her until she was three months you know he he met her when she was three months came out here for a week so he met her at three months spent literally one week with her mm-hmm. with us and left and then we didn't see him again for another couple of months and again it came out for a month came out for a week and then that was it you know yeah. so i was that was hard like that yeah. was really really hard for me because i felt like he had no he had no drive to really spend time I'm like you don't want to experience her a week you can't experience her in a week that's like I blink my eye and a week passes, you know what I mean? So right. I just felt, does he not love her? Does he not love her as much as maybe he loved Amy? You know, what's going on? Why? What, like, what, what is this about? Because I never felt that type of energy toward Amethyst with him. So that was hard. But, you know, then we spent the majority of the summer together and they got really close. So... You know, life is just filled with ups and downs yeah. and lessons and everything like that. And, you know, I just feel like it's very important for people to realize that nothing just happens and that everything is a lesson meant for you, meant for you to gain strength, you know, even in our most weakest moments, you know, you are meant to feel that weakness so that in whatever you experience after that, to make you resilient and to make you strong and to make you aware on how to deal with with it you know in a more that's how I feel with with both of my pregnancies and both of my labors um being able to kind of compare the differences and the comparisons it was all I mean even now like I look back and on those experiences now and think about the how I how I you know mother my children and I had to literally go through those exact experiences to be this kind of strong chief figure like the head of the tribe to them you know what i mean so it's all very full and uh, yeah that's my story (laughs) there's there's some things like i'm thinking about that i want to like hit on and going first to like amethyst um birth and pregnancy um thinking about those energy from like family members when you're pregnant and how you know they want to input on what you should or shouldn't be doing or trying to like put Mm -hmm. in how their experience is your experience. Um, mm-hmm. And I know in our work as doulas, like we're constantly trying to like, you know, remind our, our families, like this is your birth, your birth, your pregnancy, your story. Right. You can do whatever you want and you are allowed to block those people mm. out. It's going to be, it might be hard because yeah. you know how family can be. But I think, I mean, you, you, you're able to hear that when you talk about your pregnancy and your journey then with manifest how that was really important for you and how mm-hmm. you were like, yes, that was the right move to make. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I think about like, you know, you saying that I swear these things happen. Like I know on our, Danielle and I are in, like, we know those events happen with care providers. I mean, we've seen that. Absolutely. That's not like, and it's disheartening and it's horrible to know that like people are being treated in a time that's so, powerful and so special in that way constantly and like you said it's a trigger when you are meeting different care providers every other week who give no shits about or who are demonstrating like they have no shits about what you're going through like that's stressful that 
causes complications. That That's like stuff that sits in your body and you're like, I'm trying to prep for this amazing time of my life and I've got six, seven different men in here who I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Right. 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 There's so much to delve into in that story, um, or that portion of the story, rather. Oh, my God. Um, when you yeah. said that talking about yeah. your contractions being all over the place, I'm like, I wonder if the baby was still in the sack, because that's a lot of times. <laughs> that's what happens. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But then you start talking about actually being in that room with those providers, and it's like a scene out of a horror movie. Right. Like, mm. Literally. Uh, literally. Literally. So traumatic. It was. It really was. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I knew my rights. And that's why right. I, I, right. I have exactly. to stress. For, it's so important for women to know our rights. Because right. they will do any old thing to, you know, to make it, to, to rush the process. They just want right. you in and out. They don't allow our bodies. They don't. They don't trust us. First of all, usually more time. They don't believe us. You right. know, we say something mm -hmm. doesn't feel right. Something doesn't. You know, I'm in this. I'm this. I have this pain, or I have this feeling, or you know. And they're like, okay, all right. Oh, no, you're fine. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, here's this. That. Here's this. This. And it's like, no. Like, listen to me. Hear me. Right. You know, I'm. 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 I'm the one experiencing this. And you have to value me. I have to right. feel safe. I have to feel valued. And they don't value. They First of all, I just feel like they, they look at people who aren't doctors and they think that everyone else is inferior to them because they're the no-all be-alls. But you, you're, you're, you don't, right. especially a man. Like, right. man, you, don't, you can't read a book to educate you on what I'm going through, okay? And that's the thing. It's like we need people what we need women who are mothers to be there who understand who have been there and felt it you know what i'm saying yeah. and it's really scary and dangerous when 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 you don't have people like that a lot of women women of color are dying at alarming mm -hmm. rates in childbirth because we are not being listened to people don't believe us doctors right. don't fucking believe us and it's 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 horrifying it's so scary and you know i i just can't imagine I can't imagine how people, children are affected by losing their loved ones or their mothers because the, the, the negligence of, you know, doctors. Right. It's so terrifying. So that's what I'm saying. For anyone, mothers listening to this right now, just please know your rights and exercise them. Utilize your rights. If something doesn't, she was in shock. Like she was yeah. in a state of shock. You know, you cannot... You'll go into a situation thinking that you'll you, that you're prepared for it, and then something happens, and it doesn't work out that way. So it's very important for you, the mother, to advocate for yourself, and because you're that one, you have to protect yourself ultimately. You have to protect yourself ultimately. So right. you know, if no one else will, you must. Right. You must, because your life depends on it, as does your child. So right. that's how I feel about that. And I know our, our, um, the director of our um, doula organization, Jessica, always says, like, when we're talking about, like, the relationship between the patient and the care provider, like, we're usually going in describing pain that feels to us a certain way, just using, like, our everyday language. 
and we're knocked down because we're not able to use maybe what exactly it is. Like I'm describing hypertension, but because I didn't say hypertension, you're not taking me serious. And it's like, no, I know, I know what I'm feeling. I know what I'm going through at this moment. And if you would just pause and listen and really take right. the time to absorb what I'm saying, it's going to match up to whatever it is I might have. Or that it, it might not necessarily uh -huh. look textbook, but like it's going to fit within that realm. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing both of those, um, those experiences. <laughs> um, and I think, I mean, like you've, you've started to go into it and talk a little bit about um, like your postpartum. And I'm thinking about, you know, your, your let's talk mother community. Can you speak a little bit like how that began and the mission behind that project? Yeah, I was going to make a post recently about that because I've been getting some, you know, mad crazy messages by some mad crazy people, people who I don't know, like, I don't know if it's like Tanner fans or I don't know what, but they like hate me so much. Listen, I'm going to need them to stop. And um, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> It's really strange. They're like, oh, you know, like you paint him out there. They, they still hold on to what, what basically inspired Let's Talk. And that mm. was me coming out with my story. That was me sharing what I went through with Kanner when I was pregnant. Yeah. And because he, this is what I'm saying. Social media is, there's pros and cons to it. And people yeah. can really manipulate you. There's people out here pretending to be things that they're not. There's mm -hmm. people out here, you know, I mean, it'll be the devil and he'll have angel in his bio. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. things like that. So he was parading. He was, I don't want to, I don't want to like talk about him in a bad light because I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be evolved. But mm -hmm. during that time he was doing, he was doing some low vibrational shit and mm -hmm. he was trying to, you know, portray this image of him as a person who really respected women. And he would write these long posts about women and, oh, they're the sacred vessels that need to be honored and all these things. And I'm like, but wait, where was this honoring and celebration of women when I was pregnant with your baby? Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. is so, this is such a slap in my face. And I've been composed and I've been respectful. I've been um, graceful about all of this. You know what I mean? And right yeah. now you're provoking. You're provoking that. You're provoking you're provoking me to go crazy. You know what I mean? So I just had enough. And I thought, you know what, if I, cause I felt really alone and I just felt like no one understood. My mom is really strong. My mom's a Virgo and she's the type of person. If something happens to her, she just deads it. She just deads it and she moves on and she doesn't talk about it. Whereas me, I'm very sensitive and I hold on to things and I obsess about things and I cry over things and I have to talk, talk, talk until I feel like, okay, I'm done talking about it. And you know, she's not like that. So, and she's usually the person that I reach out to in times like that when I need just, you know, guidance or a shoulder to cry on. So yeah. I just didn't have, she, I just didn't feel like she really was able to provide the emotional support that I needed during that time, you know? And so I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to put myself out there. This can go either really, really, really good or really, really bad. But either way, I'm just tired of feeling so alone and I'm tired of being disrespected by this person, you know, who's just disregarding all my pain and what I went through. And it's time for me to own my own what happened 
and speak on it speak my truth and hopefully it'll inspire some people to come forward and so we can all be there for each other right so that's exactly what i did i made a post and i shared my story and that the response was overwhelming i mean it was hundreds hundreds of messages hundreds of comments from different women of all ages sharing their experiences experiences with me and just sharing like wow i haven't spoken about this in 10 years i've never spoken about this i needed this you you sharing your story really just motivated me to say what i went through and i feel so much better and i mean it was women from all over the world and it continued this 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 outpour continued for the next couple of months and i just felt so grateful for these women i felt yeah. a, such a strong sense of an online community and i just felt like i wanted more i wanted to meet them i wanted to provide a space for them for all of us for us to come together meet each other hug each other cry together you know just uh, in physical form in physical yeah. form be there for each other and so i just did it i, I literally just had the thought and the name just came into my head and I, I I just thought about it and then I posted it like, okay, I, I have this event and I'm doing it. Didn't do any further planning other than the idea of having the space. Mm -hmm. And then obviously once I put it out there, you know, I kind of had to, <laughs> I had to <laughs> do, it. do it. Right. Yeah. So no, I you did. Pull it together. It did. And it was, it was beautiful. I mean, you know, I, I rate, I did, um, public funding, for it for the space i you know i got it catered and um just public donations people donating their time people donating their services donating whatever they could and it was just beautiful it was a the community really came through and it was i mean it was everything that i imagined and more just yes. off of the sisterhood that was felt and you know the stories and how real these women were and you know the the the, the things that they had been through and you know coming being able to come out of yourself and and, and share such dark moments of your yeah. life of yourself with other women that you don't even know i mean it was so so deep so so deep i mean i cried so so much i released so so much and i was able to share it amongst a space where I just didn't, I didn't feel judged. Yeah. I didn't feel shamed. I didn't feel any of that. I just felt embraced. I felt loved. I felt cared for. And that's what it's about. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm really excited to have it expand and to grow more. But, um, you know, an event like this requires a lot of emotional strength, which I go through, I go through my own up, ups and downs. So I can't, you know, they say you can't pour from an empty cup. So right. I can't, I can't give when I'm not full. And I'm, you know, I'm still trying to navigate. I'm, I'm trying to balance right yeah. now. So when I'm, you know, when I feel like I'm, I'm full enough to give and pour out, I will. Yeah. Because that's when I know it'll be, it'll be great. And, you know, I, I, I can only give, my best to these women because that's what they deserve that's what we all deserve so that's how i feel about it but yeah perfect i i love that you touch on like not being able to to fill others cups unless unless yours is is full and we say that a lot and we talk about that a lot but it's so true when we're tr trying to support people and create mm -hmm. a sense of community that we are mm -hmm. intentional about the energy that we're pouring out Exactly. I mean, you don't want to fuck up somebody's stuff when, and 
because you all messed up. (laughs) And it, and it's, and it's so crazy. Like thinking about the social media, like realm, like how, you know, people want to be engaging and, and with you all the time. And there's this like instant gratification of like, you need to be on her. I need to get things from you. But it's also understanding like I might not be in a place where like me posting that is actually going to hit you where it needs to hit you. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, Danielle and I were talking about it the other day, like we hadn't posted in a while. And I was like, there was this need to do it. But I'm also like what we're doing, what our work looks like isn't just in this space. Right. We're doing stuff always yeah. to better ourselves, to better our families and to then hopefully be able to do that for the community. No, you're doing it for the community. Right, exactly. You're doing it for the community. This is right now what we're doing is for the community. Exactly, exactly. Sharing our stories, talking about things, being vulnerable. Like, this is that. That's what, but this is, it's so important for, for people to realize that a lot of, so many people are doing work for the community, but, but because it's not like what's, what society, you know, I guess shows what, you know, what's, um highlights what's community work that mm-hmm. we just think it's not community work no we what we're doing right now this some like i said even if it's one person right like even if only one person listens to this and gains from this that's community right that's community and that's uplifting expanding spreading and shining light to even if it's only one person right and that's why it's so important you know yeah that's exactly. the most important thing for me, at least when it comes, when it comes to motherhood and when it comes to the mother, the mothering community, we need right. to stop. We have to stop this idea that we need to be a, perfect and go above and beyond. Right. Like just speaking is doing enough. Right. Absolutely. Right, you know? That's the energy in and of itself sometimes. El vacuum. That's all people need sometimes. They just need someone to speak to. Right. Without yeah. judgment. No right. judgment. No fear to just really let it out. Right. You know, so I definitely I, I I encourage this more and I and I really appreciate you ladies for what you're doing and there needs to be more of this. Thank you. Well, we are so appreciative that you were willing to jump on and give us all this goodness and share. Um is there anything else you want to share with listeners, like resources, advice, anything else from your birth, just Anything else about Let's Talk Mother? Just anything that you want to leave them with? Um, um, well, you know, for if anybody just needs um, community, I try to make it inclusive for women in general. I, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be a teenager, uh, you know, an elder, a senior. If you need a space to just feel safe to speak, please, re- please reach out to me. I'm constantly connecting people, women, with my Let's Talk community, with my Let's Talk village, and they are very open, warm, and welcoming. So if any woman, no matter how old you are, no matter what you're going through, if you need space to just be heard, and to feel like you won't be judged, reach out to me and I will connect you to some true goddesses who have been through some stuff and who can, you know, give you insight from experience. And I think that's really important. So reach out to me at Mela Murda, or you can reach out to the Let's Talk handle, um, Let's Talk Mother. And then, or you can also di- uh, directly email me at letstalkmother at gmail.com. 
Wonderful. And I will make sure all of that is linked in the show notes so it's easy to find. Perfect. Um, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This thank was you. amazing. My dream has come true, so I can also cross that off. <laughs> Hopefully we can meet in person. Oh my gosh, don't say things like that. Maybe we can have a Let's Talk Mother happen and wherever you're at. We're in um, Columbus, Ohio, so yes, we're always inviting people. Come to oh us. My, I mean, we want to come to people too, but hey, yes. I mean, hello, if you're ever in New York, hit me up. Yes. Oh my goodness. Danielle, I'm freaking out. <laughs> I love you ladies. You ladies are so gorgeous. Thank you. Mad, thank you mad so gorgeous much. energy, mad just straight goddess. So thank you. It was, it was an honor. It was definitely an honor. And please keep in touch and carry on doing this. This is beautiful. This is great. And we need more of it. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.